The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of cars with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in the automotive industry and its supporting ecosystem and help them move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to help make the world a better place, then it's time to run, or should I say drive, with the Game Changers, and you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is. Okay, I have a quote from a website, Strategy and and PwC.com. Listen up. Consider the car's interior. Until recently, a relatively stable component in terms of engineering and value to the automobile. Now, interior surfaces of the car are potential real estate for ambitious enhancements of safety or entertainment. New technologies such as 3D laminated glass, haptic sensors, and augmented reality heads-up displays, which offer drivers alerts, Safety aids and warnings on invisible screens embedded in the windshield have entered the vocabulary of traditional suppliers. Okay, have I frightened you? Have I enlightened you? Have I excited you? Well, let's talk about what this all means. The automotive industry continues to experience what I call disruption upon disruption upon disruption at a dizzying pace. You can hardly see the road ahead. It's moving so fast. What is this all about? A couple of weeks ago on September 19th, through 21st, we're in 2017 still, nearly 400 automotive industry leaders and thought leaders and watchers convened in Detroit for SAP's third annual Best Practices for Automotive Conference. Why were they there? They were there to experience an opportunity to talk and learn and discuss trends like hyper-connected vehicles and automobile electrification and other things happening in automotive. They were there to find out who were the disrupted, who were the disruptors or disruptees, and what in the world is going on. It was a small conference so people could actually talk to each other. And exciting news, we were invited. Yes, I was there remotely representing the future of cars with Game Changers Radio. And I was privileged to speak with almost 20 of the attendees, asking them about their insights as well as their predictions on the future of automotive. So today, we think this is a very special treat. We're going to be bringing you clips from a dozen of those interviews so you can hear what real people in the real auto automotive industry are really saying about the future of the mo- of the industry, of the trends, and I'm not here to do this all by myself. I've invited a very special guest. He is SAP's North America Strategic Industry Advisor, Bill Newman. Bill, let me just say a quick hello to you. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. Good morning, and good afternoon to all your listeners. 
Good morning. Thank you very much. And Bill, we're calling this episode Best Practices for Automotive 2017 Highlights and 2018 Preview. Now, Bill, I have to uh, thank you or blame you for a couple weeks ago on another episode of this series. You sent me a quote. You know, we always open up with with a provocative quote that a guest picks from somebody who is reasonably well-known or very well-known. You sent me a quote from the 1990 film Total Recall starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I looked up the quote and I found the clip from the movie on YouTube. YouTube, and Johnny Cab Driver, who is definitely not a human being, uh, was in a confrontation with Schwarzenegger, who was trying to escape a bad guy situation, and the car exploded against a wall. Schwarzenegger was at the wheel. The robot was still head spinning there somehow, and the robot Johnny Cab Driver looks at Schwarzenegger and says, we hope you enjoyed the ride. So, Bill, I would like to say that I think this perfectly sums up what we've done here on the Future of Cars with Game Changers. This is our 10th episode, and we are wrapping up today our 2017 season. Any comments you want to make about what we've covered so far this season on Game Changers uh, for Cars? No, it's been, it's been great. And uh, for all your listeners, thanks Thanks for tuning in. I mean, it's it's been uh, we've we've covered a lot of ground, and there's a lot of ground to cover with um, all of the different disruptions that are happening, uh, both in the vehicle, as you as you talked about in your intro with the uh, with the strategy uh, and quote, and uh, all of the things that are happening in response to that in the industry and and in the recent uh, conference that we were at really getting a gauge in terms of the audience, in terms of where they might be on that whole spectrum. So it's, uh, there's a lot more coming, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later in, in the program. But, uh, you know, everything from how I, how I get my kids to soccer practice, to mm-hmm. taxis, to trucks, to fleets, to, um, you know, whether there really would be a driver type of Johnny Cab person in an autonomous vehicle. We've, we've really covered a lot of ground, so it's been quite a year. It certainly has. And Bill, I've invited you here to help me give some live commentary on the clips we're going to be rolling in from my interviews. I have to tell our listeners, we covered everything. The clips we've selected include people's crystal ball predictions for the industry going forward, talking about the trends, talking about whether their companies are the disruptors or the disrupted. And Bill, I asked some of the attendees if there was a continuum, if a company in automotive might think they're currently disrupted, but they're on the path to the other end of that spectrum, that curve, if you will, that S-curve in the road, and whether they're going to become a disruptor. It was very, very interesting to hear what they had to say. I have to give a shout-out to all the people we're about to roll in from the clips of my interviews. Uh, let me just tell you, the companies we're going to be speaking with, or we're going to be rolling in in a minute, are uh, representing Jaguar Land Rover. We have a graduate student from the UCLA Anderson School of Management, class of 2018. We have uh, a, an analyst from IDC, we have somebody from Caterpillar, from Capgemini, from Toyota Motors, from Opel GM, from Borg Warner, uh, from Mohio, Mo- I, you have to pronounce that one for me, from Karma Automotive, from Deloitte, and from Detroit Manufacturing Systems. Bill, just give us a quick, a quick idea of what you experienced at the conference before we start rolling in these clips. Well, I think that we had uh, we had some very very interesting presentations from some industry leaders that have gone have made some big bets in terms of digital and the disruption that's going on in automotive, um, and 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 partnering um, and, and making deep partnerships in order to affect those um, those big bets. Um, 
you know, when you, when you look back into the year and you see how some of the large OEMs and, and I'll call out General Motors, um, you know, General Motors had to come to a real self-reflection point and decide that they didn't necessarily have to be the largest volume car producing company in the world to be the most successful. And I think that, um, you know, their sale of, of their European operations and some of their other minor divestitures and wind downs a little bit um, just around the fringes give them a lot of opportunity to help make those big bets. And that's all starting to trickle down and be um, reverberated inside the value chain. So there's, there's a lot of change coming. Um, people mm-hmm. are deciding who they want to be when they grow up. And I think we saw a lot of that conversation, if not in the panels and in the keynote sessions, certainly in the uh, hallway conversations at the conference, there was a lot of chatter. Um, and uh, it, was, uh, it was quite a buzz, quite exciting. Thank you, Bill. Funny story. Uh, for some of the attendees I asked, I snuck in a, a question that wasn't on my list to them. But you know me, I like more of a conversation than a scripted interview. And I said to them, are you going to be still driving a car in the future? Or are you going to be driven, whether it's an autonomous car, or whether it's a, a robot or something driving for you? And uh, I discovered that there were several like-minded people like me who still want to own and drive our own cars. We'll leave that one alone, but it may come in on some of the clips. Billy, you ready for our first highlight? I'm ready. You ready? Let's do it. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to speak. When I say Kevin to our listeners, I'm talking about Kevin, our EE engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio Business Channel, who is in charge of these roll-ins. And Kevin, we're going to start with Amy Connors from Jaguar Land Rover. She is the human resources planning and process strategy manager. And people are probably wondering, an HR person talking about automotive? Oh, yes. Kevin, let's hear from Amy Connors, please crystal ball prediction round. So, Amy Connors at Jaguar Land Rover, let's look into that crystal ball, and I'm wondering if you could predict the most dramatic, most significant, maybe even the most exciting automotive industry game changer that you you believe is coming down the pike between, let's say, the year 2020 and 2025. You want to take a stab at this, Amy? Yeah, I'll certainly give it a go. Um, I mean, I think um, the self-driving vehicles and shared ownership are kind of two big key game changers for us. But what's interesting is kind of when you look at our heritage, it's all about the kind of feel of the drive and, um, you know, the shape of the vehicle and the pride of ownership. And all of that's getting shaken up now. So it, it kind of makes you want to say, well, how do you define your brand and your company going forward? And mm-hmm. I think we will need to focus on kind of that, premium experience, but from a totally different perspective. So properly integrating an experience from your home into your vehicle and into work and having the vehicle that you pick for your commute um, and the vehicle that you have for your country kind of retreat weekend and then the vehicle that you have when you go on your city break and the different kind of um, apps and capabilities of those vehicles and the interior feel, um, who you're going to have in that car with you, what kind of experience they're going to have, all of that will have to come together to make us to be the car of choice in the future. Thank you very much. Hearing from Amy Connors, there you go, car of the future. And Bill Bill Newman, that goes back to what I was talking about in my opening, the clip from the strategy end from PWC.com. Any comments on car of the future, Bill Newman? Well, I think that was one of the things that we saw at the conference. <clears throat> Companies are still trying to figure out you know, how high-tech that they want to be in that big war for talent that's going on. Um, that really impacts not only 
um, traditional car manufacturing in engineering and in other in operations, but into all of the subsystems. Um, I think there's um, there's a tipping point coming up where in the next year or two, it's being predicted that we're going to have 20% software content um, in a vehicle. So it's not steel, it's not aluminum, it's not the tires on the car, but it's software. And you need software engineers to, to help do that while you're competing against all the talent in Silicon Valley and all of the other industries. So the question is, you know, how quickly do you want to rush into that? And it's a very competitive labor market, too. So I think those are some um, pretty salient points that Amy brings up. I mean, the car of the future might not get to us as quickly as we had thought simply because of the uh, the bottleneck of talent that we're trying to hire into the industry. So it's a pretty critical time for, for not only HR, but all of the other line of business leaders out there having to deal with talent issues in their own departments to get to that, to get to that car of tomorrow. Thank you, Bill. Very interesting. And I was so surprised to have, as I mentioned uh, before the roll-in, somebody from HR, and she was also talking earlier in my interview with her about what's happening in terms of processes that are making the factory floor more modern, making people want to have those jobs, uh, making them more exciting, and changes she has seen in their organization as a manufacturer coming from all of these changes in automotive. So that was just her prediction. I thought it was a great one. Are you ready for number two, Bill? Let's go. Okay, we're going to be hearing next from Matthew Goldman, who is a graduate student in the class of 2018. Woohoo, he's almost ready. Very smart guy from the UCLA Anderson School of Management. He's going to be talking about top trends, disruptor versus disrupted. This is a long clip. Kevin, let's hear from Matthew Goldman top trends you've heard about so far at the conference, and I know this is day three, the top trends that come to mind, and do you have an opinion on how they will impact the what we'll call the broad definition of automotive industry? Sure, sure, of course. So, obviously, the sexy topic is going to be self-autonomous driving or level mm-hmm. five autonomous driving, and that seems to be what, le- what at least gets the most media these days. However, there is another area that's going to be changing quite a bit that I think is more interesting and will be just as impactful for people, and that's actually the possible breakdown of the OEM dealer customer business model, because mm. nowadays... Every, everyone who's creating something wants to have a one-to-one relationship with customers. And in the current uh, business model for automotive, you could see, I think because of franchise laws, that they have to have dealerships who deal directly with the customers. And it's actually a barrier that sits in between the manufacturers and the customers that prevents the manufacturers or creates a hurdle for them from being able to customize materials and really try and cater to exactly what the customer wants and provide really valuable benefits for them. And I think because of the being in the information age and technologically evolving and having data be so important to what companies are doing today, we're seeing a real bit of a change, sort of a challenge to that model in how OEMs are actually navigating the barrier that sits between them and, and the customer to really market, develop, product develop, create, and, and provide really greater benefit for the customers. So that's kind of the area of the trend that I think, to me at least, has been more interesting in spite of all the, the media frenzy and press and discussion about autonomous driving. 
Thank you. Very interesting. I appreciate that. Now, let's talk about the D word. It's not drive, it's disruption. On Monday, (laughs) Stefan Krauss at SAP, I like to say that, Stefan Krauss from SAP was the opening keynote speaker at the start of the conference, and rumor has it that he asked the audience, are you the disruptor? Or the disrupted. So it's the third day in, and Matthew Goldman, you've met a lot of people. You've seen presenters, you've seen keynotes, you've heard keynotes, you've seen attendees. So who have you met so far? More disruptors, more disrupteds, or or a mix? What are you seeing? So I'll be honest, and I can say this because I'm a student, and I am not a member of the automotive industry, so I have a little bit more freedom here. Uh, I have met a lot more people who are being disrupted than are disrupting, and that's been really interesting to see how people respond, because even though a lot of the people we've been talking to are being affected in the way that they are being disrupted, many of them have a lot of self-awareness about their situation and really are trying to come up with new and creative ways to avoid being, I'll use another word here, disintermediated, which means really to be pushed out. It's sort of like the worst case scenario of being disrupted. And I think I've been very humbled in a way to watch how people here, the disrupted, have acknowledged and worked to figure out a way to not only survive, but grow and thrive in this industry. And it's been very interesting to talk to people on that end. They've definitely, they've definitely recognized the change here, many changes that they've needed to adapt to. And it's been uh, a bit humbling and, and exciting to see how people have done that. Very interesting. Um- Bill Newman, I want to say if this is the future of graduate students, uh, this guy was very, very smart, and I told him he had a great voice for radio, but let's talk about the content. Uh, Bill, anything you want to say about what Matthew Goldman observed? Well, just a, a couple of things. So Matt is Matt's great, and uh, he's with the UCLA Anderson School of Management, so big shout-out to uh, all the Bruins listening today. Uh, it was really great <laughs> to he, have he and Gabby attend the conference. It was a, it was delightful to uh, to have them. Uh, Matt touched on a really important point, and that is, you know, how is the consumer brand relationship going to evolve? Um, you know, uh, eventually we will have direct to consumer uh, relationships available. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of franchise laws, as Matt pointed out, in in, in dealership history that we're working through and, and companies like Tesla have been uh, been in the courts and in the market trying to fight that for a very, very long time. You know, we asked when we were preparing for best practices for auto, you know, what is the background around the shared economy and where is transportation as a service really going to drive that? And, and interestingly, uh, it, it came back that it's going to move more towards how do I consume miles versus how do I, you know, purchase or, or acquire a vehicle? And, and specifically, what does transportation as a service mean to dealerships and the rest of the automotive value chain? Um, you know, we've had, uh, we've had long conversations on the show about what will the fleet look like? Who's going to own the fleet? Mm-hmm. Will the brand owners own the fleet? Will we subscribe to a particular brand model or will it be the next generation of the uh, rental car companies? And uh, one of our colleagues, Barney, Bill Powell from ARI, mm-hmm. 
um, has spoken quite a bit on this. And of course, for those listeners who are new to the program, ARI is perhaps one of the largest North American fleet management companies um, uh, in in the uh, in the business today. And he uh, he brought out in a in an interview um, uh, only about uh, 16 months ago that IHS Automotive believes that there will be nearly 54 million self-driving cars on the roads by 2035. So think about that. I'm not going to take my car to a dealership anymore. I'm not going to personally drive my car to the dealership in another generation. Mm-hmm. The car is going to drive itself to some place, and it may not be a dealership because you know many people believe, and lots of research companies and universities are exploring this whole new business model, but the current dealer systems that we have in North America and elsewhere in the world will implode under their own weight when vehicles are being consumed at a level close to 90, 95% versus the car you and I buy and our listeners buy and put in their garage and they're consuming at maybe 20 to 30%. So the vehicle, the vehicles in operation, that's the big $10,000 pyramid question, you know, is, is the VIO going to go up or go down? But what we can all see is that the consumption rate of miles of those vehicle and operations is going to skyrocket. So if nothing more than the, the upfront buy side of the vehicle, the backside service side of the vehicle could be the compelling tail that wags the dog um, when it comes to dealerships. Um, and I think that's right. A lot of companies in that space are going to be, you know, um, uh, disrupted or, um, um, as, as Matt likes to say, uh, disintermediated, which is mm-hmm. just a ghastly word. I mean, that's, <laughs> that basically is, it truly is. It basically It's a graduate school gonna, word, Bill. It's I a word you use at graduate you, school. Use it, <laughs> use it at your next cocktail party. So it's, it's going to be one of those situations where there's nothing you can do and you just go away. I mean, how powerless must you feel when that happens? So, um, so just to kind of net it up, you know, those are some real key areas and definitely keep an eye on what's going on in the courts and the market when it comes to direct to consumer and, um, and, uh, and where the dealers pivot next in response. Thank you, Bill. Good commentary. And I have to tell you, Bill, we have got such a Twitter party going on here. We've got SAP Automotive. That's SAP underscore automotive. We've got Jim Davis, SAP Aero, Jim Davis Auto. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got Channel Reach tweeting. We've got, I think, Dave Parrish. I know Dave Fowler is on the line listening from SAP. We have... Um, Oh, all kinds of people tweeting and listening, and we really appreciate your being part of this party. So keep the tweets coming. Uh, we have somebody called in. INDAI 475, that's Inde Gamay. We have Digital Disruption at Disruptive Digit. I like that one. I'm looking through the tweets here. So we've got all kinds of interesting stuff going on. And thank you so much for joining us. Now we're ready for clip number three. This is from Jeff Hoylo, who has been on the Game Changers programs before. He is Program Director, Product Innovation at IDC. And Jeff observed ecosystems, tech platforms working together when I spoke with him as best practices automotive. Kevin, let's hear from Jeff Hoylo, please. Ecosystems that, that really is consistent with you know, the past few years that I've, I've seen you know, attending, if, if anyone's attended uh, the Consumer Electronics Show or uh, any of the automotive industry shows. It's not just auto companies. Of course, it's you know, auto companies working with high-tech companies and uh, other platform providers uh, to uh, 
to, to really come to market with a cohesive solution. So maybe it's not the most exciting trend, but I think, you know, the, the most important uh, uh, issue to deal with now is, is how do you manage uh, across your business in the automotive industry across multiple ecosystems, right? And I think I kind of see them in a, on a number of different levels here. We're talking about uh, employee ecosystems that are emerging from not just engineering work groups, but uh, a broad-based domain of engineering across mechanical engineering software, as well as systems, but also non-engineering as well, right? Sales and marketing. When you talk about configure to order scenarios or, you know, customized vehicles uh, to manufacturing and how, you know, with shrinking time to market, uh, demands. How do you get to market much more quickly? Well, you you have much more efficient manufacturing processes. So there needs to be a tight connection there. So that's you know, one ecosystem. There's a technology ecosystems that aren't just hardware centric. They're software and they're analytics centric. There are a lot of technology pieces that come come to bear. Uh, there's a, a partner and in, uh, industry ecosystem. I mentioned uh, you know high tech companies working with auto companies, um, even uh, chemical companies, right? Um, asset-oriented companies working with auto companies on material development, all right, to enable 3D printing, to enable lightweighting, um, and then finally content, right? Um, so we talked, you know, hear a lot of discussion about monetization of the vehicle, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now that vehicles are connected, so there's there are other players that come into the, the fold, right? There are telecommunications companies or ins- insurers that uh, come into this uh, as well. Uh, there are, you know, third-party uh, data providers around weather and traffic, um, retailers, uh, mm. even, you know, software developers that may be outside your network who, uh, who are, are supplementing your, your activities there. So, you know, how, how do you, how do you manage across all those ecosystems? It's, it's taking, I think how you do that is you take a more open platform approach with your business across product innovation, across operations, supply chain and manufacturing, as well as, uh, uh, you know, re- re- well, let's call it a revenue uh, platform. How do you once the vehicle is in service? How do you, you know, how do you make money off that? Whether it's through software upgrades or infotainment content, or you know, content you have when you go in particular smart cities. Um, you know, so all of these these tech platforms need to work together uh, in order for the, the different ecosystems to, uh, to to do their jobs effectively. So. Um, you know, I think I think OEMs, manufacturers in the space, uh, and partners alike realize it's it's not uh, a time now to go out on your own. Uh, that these partnerships really need to be in place. Very good, thank you. That was great, uh, Bill. I think we're going to have to keep our comments a little shorter because we still have about we have eight left, and I want to make sure we get these all in. So, Bill, quick comments on what Jeff Hoyla was saying. Interesting. Well, I think ecosystems are important, you know, and he touches on that um, by 2030, um, McKinsey and others believe that there's going to be a $1.5 trillion digital services market coming in and out of the car. So, I mean, today you can get AT&T wireless, you know, um, you know LTE, you know, 4G Wi-Fi in, in, in a lot of cars, and um, you get you get that free for a while, and then and then it continues. But he he even goes deeper into some of the ecosystems that we won't be able to pursue. But um, in this brief chat, but uh, you know, coming back to people, coming back to content, uh, and just how those are all interrelated. And I I think it kind of goes back to you know you, you a a particular product or department in an automotive company doesn't build a car and deliver a car. Um, by itself, it, it's it's a very cohesive action and has been for generations. So um, that's only going to continue. 
Thank you, Bill. We're ready for our next clip. Kevin, let's hear from Marty Groover at Caterpillar. He's the operational tech leader, and he's going to be talking about improving the customer connection. Okay, Kevin. Obviously, automotive, we work in an industrial environment um, with our product, although our product in our business unit is a little more um, retail maybe than our bigger brothers and sisters at Caterpillar. But what mm-hmm. I'm seeing is the connected environment and how the opportunity that you can gain for new revenue streams by having that connected product and then how you have to connect that product from your customer all the way back into your manufacturing to really drive that customer experience. And, I, and that's why as an industrial um, product, people are probably wondering why Caterpillar is coming to an automotive conference. But, I mean, we really believe if we don't get more retail, we're probably going to struggle gaining market mm. share and improving our customer experience. So I'm really learning a lot in automotive the, what they're having to do to, to create that customer experience and what people are expecting from their their automobiles and even maybe not owning the automobiles, but just the experience. This is a great learning ground for me, and I'd rather learn it from them, let, let them be the snowplow, so to speak, and uh, <laughs> get in their wake and learn from them. So that's I'm trying to steal all these good automotive practices and see if I can apply them to an industrial environment. I love the metaphor. Let them be the snowplow and I'll follow in their wake. I learned that. I like that a lot, Marty. Now, Marty, it's one thing to say we're hearing and seeing trends and we're learning, but the bottom line is, as you mentioned, you have to create outcomes that add business value and go to the bottom line. So how do you see an example you can give me of anything you've seen that's really wow at the conference so far? How do you see taking that back to Caterpillar? Again, there was a company called uh, Mojo today that we looked at about yeah. connected vehicles and all the things that they're they're doing with that. I really believe that as we improve our um, digital capability with our customers, our, our B2B customers and our B2C customers, that we can we can create a whole new um, market stream and revenue stream using that type of capability and really staying connected, more connected with our customers than we, than we do right now and our dealers. So there's a lot of opportunity to improve that connection with our B2C and B2B customers and then providing value to them that improves our revenue, market share, and even new revenue streams that we haven't thought of yet. And by looking at a blue dot vision that, that we may not be able to get to in, in the near term, it allows me to make sure that I'm setting up the foundation well and in some of the small data areas to support that more e-commerce um, shaping that we're going to need in the future. Thank you very much. That was Marty Groover at Caterpillar. Bill, uh, let's keep our remarks to one minute because we have eight more to go and I want to make sure we get them all in. So Bill Newman, thoughts on what Marty shared? Yeah, Marty was uh, was great. He um, he got up and and it was a big it was a big reveal, you know, in terms of him going into what Caterpillar has been working on and some of their predictive and operational processes. And and interesting to hear where he wants to go next in terms of the customer experience. Often our our um, you know c- companies in automotive do it the other way around. And uh, I think it was just really compelling that, you know, here, here's a big, uh, you know, commercial and off, um, you know, construction vehicle company coming in to learn from, from automotives. Just another example, Bonnie, of the, of the multi-segment disruptions that we're, that we're seeing and how people can learn from each other. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Mojio product, um, it is a, it is a, um, uh, partner-enabled product with um, with SAP. You can go out to their website and learn a little more about how you, as a driver consumer, you can get your own vehicle alerts through uh, an aftermarket piece that goes into the vehicle diagnostic port. 
So it gives the driver a lot of control, and, and companies are also looking at how to, um, you know, disrupt their own their own dealer and information sharing uh, channels. So very, we're going to be hearing from Marty. Kenny Hawk, the CEO, in a few minutes exactly. on one of our clips. So let's roll in now. Sabrina Bartlett at Capgemini. She has some interesting things to say about the opportunities to monetize the trends we're seeing in automotive. Okay, Kevin, let's hear from Sabrina. Trends, trends, trends. Great to hear about trends, Sabrina, but the bottom line is the bottom line. And is it too soon for companies that want to get involved or are already dipping their toe, if you will, in this highway? I won't say in the tar, but dipping this toe in, in the highway of innovation and automotive. Is it too soon to monetize and get value-add on the bottom line, or are companies starting to see profitability from these new trends? Uh, you know, it, it's a little early on, I think, um but I think you have to start somewhere is, is the short mm-hmm. answer. Um, we're facing the same thing from a Capgemini perspective as well at looking at, you know, how do we adapt? Where do we start? How do we address these trends and help our, bring our customers along that journey? Um, I think monetization, it's a little early to see the results, but I think it's not too early to be having the discussions and to, to find a way to start small. And I think with, if you're talking new business models, if you're talking uh, smart products, um, I just walked out of a, a conversation um, uh, around, uh, you know, braking as a service or how do we, you know, record mileage and track customers for brake pads and um, identify which customers in which region, which area are going to need replacements um, before they may even know themselves. Um, I think those are the, the conversations and beyond conversations, the solutions that we need to be looking at now because anything like this is going to take a little while um, before you start seeing the results, but you have to start soon and, and you have to start small. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the conversations I'm in are, are around, uh, you know, how do we bring in uh, startups, bring in other disruptors from the industry or, or other industries even, and start fostering those conversations uh, around identifying new business models and then work that down into where do we start and where do we start is typically uh, identifying a, a use case, building out a prototype and finding a, a small incubation lab, if you will, to test some of these things out before you look at the broader deployments. Those are the conversations and that's the approach that, that we need to be having now because monetization will come um, mm-hmm. and if we're not having these initial upfront, uh, you know, if we're not initiating that piece now, we're not going to be ready um, you know, and, and, and we're going to be left behind when it does come. Okay. Great to hear from Sabrina Bartlett at Capgemini. Bill, quick comment. Do you agree or disagree that you need to have those talks about monetization now or get left out? Quick, Bill? Oh, oh, oh fully agree. And, and you know, Capgemini is good, good partners working with a lot of our automotive supplier um, companies. You know, we've had tire sensors for a long time to give you an opportunity to, when you have a slow leak, to affect it. And broadening that whole product as a service or alert sensor um, ecosystem is a quick way to monetization. And she's right. Make some small bets, get started, um, and and hopefully run into those um, self-funding type of uh, scenarios. I think just makes a lot of common sense. Thank you, Bill. Let's do our next clip. Russ Stevenson from Toyota Motor, National Manager of Information System, talking about ROI and a very interesting conversation we had about car shows. Wait till you hear this. Kevin, let's hear from Russ, please. Well, there's a lot of interesting um, startups around uh, mm. data flowing from the vehicles, and there's also um, a lot of um, information about how we're going to house and harvest data. 
Um, those are the two big things that we're taking back. I think that uh, we've already got a pretty good start with most of those topics at Toyota. We've started a separate company uh, around just collecting data and managing that to make sure that we have proper diagnosis uh, on our vehicles. And actually a separate different company that is working on um, artificial intelligence for autonomous cars. So some of that we've already got a good, uh, um, a good stretch on. So I think one of the new things that I'm seeing is hearing about the auto shows and how mm-hmm. they're being split between traditional vehicles, which is what we would normally, normally think of at an auto show. What's, what's the new great-looking car or truck? What's the big mm-hmm. engine? What's the horsepower? And then a whole separate section that's really talking about getting around without a car. It's the autonomous um, car mm. share and self-driving um, vehicles. And so that's something that, you know, obviously we're all working on, but uh, it's, it's becoming mainstream in the, uh, in the marketing of the vehicles. Interesting. So you can almost say there's the car section and there's a not your car, it's our car, let's share section, right? (laughs) Right, the the mobility section. The mobility section, right. You don't need a car, but you're at the car show and we're going to tell you how you're going to get from place A to place B, maybe with a stopover at place C, D, E, and F. Very interesting. There's your your update on car shows. Bill, real quick about that one because we're ready for our next roll-in. Bill? Yeah, only that we've started to segment a lot of the auto shows, you know, whether it's the Detroit, Frankfurt, or the uh, Los Angeles auto shows. And so you can see that because they are different products, they're different consumers, and um, for sure, you're going to have a little of yours, mine, and ours um, in the different uh, floor plans of the auto shows coming up. I like that. That was a fun interview. Let's hear next from Otto Shell. Many of you have known Otto very well from uh, being a panelist here on Car- The Future of Cars with Game Changers many times this year. Okay, Kevin, Otto Shell, Opal GM. What's going to be the opportunity for them to take advantage of value-add best outcomes so that they can say, yes, we're part of this new trend and we're making money? That, that's really what it comes down to. Do you think that opportunity is now or is it going to take a while? I think it will take a while so then I think the reasons are very simple when I look just outside of Detroit and everybody talks about autonomous and connected will take a while that that cities and and car manufacturers environment utilities are really will be able to connect to each other so we will have a transition period where we still have normal cars so non-connected then we will have cars which are semi-connected maybe they get an Alexa into the car and she can do a lot of help and then there certainly you will have this kind of proof of concept where cars driving autonomous but it will take a while that uh, this this new world which we always predicted also in our radio shows will come in. Yeah, you remember the talks about uh, the parking lots. Now everybody is talking about connected parking houses, but mm-hmm. we both know that we don't need parking houses anymore if everything is autonomous driving because you want to drive them 24.7. So I think right. there is a transition phase and, and what, of course, people are scared what this transition fears and what happens on top, we have a lot of disruptors which are not automotive driven and sense of 100 years of experience. Very uh, interesting. I need to mention here, of course, yes. Uber with disrupting the transporting. But when you see that in Germany, for example, the university built a car which is now very famous as the postcar because it's out of 3D printing with a battery and they did this in less than two years. Instead of 100 years, there are new 
joint ventures mm. coming up. And those people disrupt the markets in the sense of they are much faster in engineering because they apply new technologies. On the other side, I think a lot of people talk about electrification without knowing what does it really mean for after-sales and for sustainability. So the entire market is disrupting. And then you have people like me on the phone, which are baby boomers, yeah, which have nothing else in mind to be somewhere in the backseat to be driven. And then you have a generation coming up which does not even know what makes more sense, buying or leasing. That's so right. this is the thing which is, which is coming and uh, disrupting, and it's just disrupting a business which has for 100 years the, the naming of being disruptor. And those guys are now disrupted, and that I think is the more fun part of this, where we are in, and to influence this and to be part of this, I think people joining this kind of conferences where everybody is in the heart of automotive and you see all this nice of discussions, nobody knows where it really knows. This is the tense of the time at the moment and nobody can tell you really where it goes. Okay, interesting to hear from Otto Shell. Um, Bill, I think we're just going to go to the next clip because we're running out of time and I want to make sure we get these in. Is that okay with you, Bill Newman? Oh, it's great. Otto speaks for himself. Yeah. <laughs> Techno music in his tricked out SUV. You got it. Okay, we're getting here next from James Grove. That's G R O S from Borg Warner and talking about predictions. Go ahead, Kevin. Let's hear from James. I'm intrigued with your phrase, uh, eyes wide open, because I'm thinking, uh, James, as more and more people give up car ownership and maybe even car drivership, whether you're in a ride hail service or you're in an autonomous vehicle or you've got something like the Johnny Cab driver who who was driving poor Schwarzenegger's character around in Total Recall in the, in the original 1990 film, uh, which was, if you haven't seen it, go look it up on, on uh, YouTube. It's a very, very, very scary and funny and predictive trend, eyes wide open. I think that's what everybody in automotive, whether you're a uh, in, somebody in the industry or whether you're a user of the products of that industry, we're going to be keeping our eyes wide open for a long time to come because it's just so interesting and a little bit scary. Speaking of long time to come, James Grow, I want to ask you if you would do something for me that we do on all of our Game Changers shows. We have a segment called the Crystal Ball Predictions Round. I'm not going to give you the usual 60-second limit because we're not on the clock here, but let Let's look into the future together, James. I'm focusing on 2020 to 2025, so that's about three to three to eight years out. Let's take a look and tell me, can you predict something that will be a dramatic game changer for the industry, the, the broad sense of the automotive industry? What do you see? I, I think the way that our plants operate and function are going to be a lot more related to mobile. So we're not going to sit down at terminals. I, I think uh, our computers mm-hmm. are going to go towards the phone, and our our big, you know, everything's going to be back. You know, what's new is old again. So at one point we were running big uh, mainframes, and everybody had dummy terminals oh, and yeah. didn't do anything. And now mm-hmm. we're heading back to hey, everything is is big data, big cloud. Uh, big analytics, and I don't need a high-powered computer. I just need a way to connect to the cloud and see what my data looks like. So I can see how my operations are running, how I, my equipment's running, if I'm in maintenance, if I'm a plant manager, if I'm in production. I can see all that stuff with just a little handheld device uh, as I walk through my plant you know, uh, I, and know exactly how things are operating, where do I need to focus my attention, where am I supposed my supply chain, do I need to call somebody or talk to them? 
just based on indicators on handheld devices. I think we're we're moving and moving faster and faster into a more mobile environment where where big cloud data is available to everybody on handheld devices. Great. And Bill, any quick comment about what James said about handheld? That was interesting. No, it is, and and I think you'll be able to get uh, the proverbial any anytime, any place, anywhere, any data um, in in many situations uh, sooner, if not now, than later. And uh, uh, being able to take care of those, you know, processes, whether it's you know your expense report in the back of the uh, driverless taxi cab, or whether you're out on the plant floor walking around and you can do quick safety check approvals, um, you're going to see those everywhere, and you already are. I think we're ready, Bill, for our next. You were talking about Mo. How do you pronounce that, Bill? Mojio? Mojio. I never get that pronunciation right. Kenny Hawk at Mojio. So let's hear from Kenny, who is the CEO at Mojio. Uh, We're going to do the first part of the clip, Kevin, on industry and connected vehicles. Okay? Let's do it. What are the most innovative automotive trends you're learning about at the event that are critical for you and your company? Let's focus on you. Well, it's it's connecting up the connecting up cars to the internet, and the connected car has been talked about for a long time, and it's actually happening. And Mojo is part of connecting up all the unconnected, and the big car OEMs are starting to connect up the new cars, and that's a really exciting time because the car has so much data uh, that previously had been hidden and not really being able to be accessed or used by the consumer, and now it's opening up, and uh, we're just seeing an explosion of it. Um, our company has gone from zero to 400,000 subscribers uh, just over the past eight months. And uh, it's accelerating because people want their cars connected so they can have high-speed Wi-Fi in the car and have safety and security knowing where their teen drivers, family, uh, employees are and making sure the car is safe and uh, ready to roll. Okay, there you have it from Kenny Hawk. Quick comment, Bill? Not only that, it's a huge wide-open space. I mean, this is really going to... um, give a lot of freedom to brand owners to be able to communicate directly to their to their consumers and consumers to have the power as to what's going on in the vehicle platform, um, perhaps for the first time ever on their own. So um, it, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely something long past its, its uh, time and uh, very welcome for those who like to have the control of their car. Thank you. We're ready for our next clip from Michael Ellie, E-L-L-E-Y, Ellie from Karma Automotive. Okay, Kevin, mm-hmm. let's do it. I'm going to ask you to make a prediction. Go on record. Take a chance. What do you predict will be the most dramatic automotive industry game changer between, let's say, 2020 and 2025? Or you can change the time frame. What do you see, Michael? Well... I think it's autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars. Uh, the, the implication of that will really be disruptive um, because now you're no longer in just one business model. You don't have to go purchase a vehicle in order to operate a vehicle and, and, and you know get the, the use out of a vehicle. And so with autonomous 
vehicles, I think that you'll have a whole array of different transportation options. At one end, you know, of course, traditional buses that might or might not have a, a driver, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. different levels of uh, ride sharing, or maybe just I, at this point in time, I want my own vehicle, uh, you know, a private vehicle, but it's still a ride share vehicle all the way down to. And there will still be a sliver of, of, of people that I think want to have their own vehicles and want to make mm-hmm. a statement with their own vehicles. But it's, um, I think that the autonomous vehicles will truly kind of disrupt and transform not only the automotive industry, but a lot of other um, industries, transportation uh, industries and so forth, right? So to me, that's the biggest thing. But I think electrification is is exciting uh, and uh, it's happening. We can see how, you know, well, you know, China is now the biggest automotive market and we can see how aggressive they are in their legislation and, and the visions that they're setting. So I think that that's also another thing that, that is uh, very much inevitable. And uh, for those of you who have never been pushed back in the seat by the instant torque of, of, uh, of an electric vehicle, you know, you're in for a treat. It is, it is the future, right? It is it's something else, um, you know, what the electrification of the vehicle can, can do for you. Great. Very interesting. Bill Newman, any thoughts on what uh, the gentleman from Karma Automotive said, prediction? Well, I think Michael, who speaks for Karma Automotive, who makes a very muscular electric vehicle for the Uber Lux market, <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's right. I mean, a lot of the, uh, we're already seeing coming out of Europe and some of the Asian markets, um, restrictions in the future of industrial <coughs> combustion, um, internal combustion engines. So in those cases, um, you know, that is the market, and you're seeing people with their uh, product portfolio shifting to, to expect less um, internal combustion and more electrified uh, motors in the future in the car. Thank you very much. We're ready for our next one. This is Mark Frank from Deloitte. He's a principal at Deloitte Consulting, friends of ours on Game Changers Radio. We're going to do a very short clip on his concept of disruption of the automotive industry and new technologies. Kevin, let's hear from Mark Frank, please. The various players that are disrupting the industry, and I think disruption is, you know, comes in different ways. It's, you know, I think in a lot of cases, it's really the ability of new technologies to be applied differently. And in the automotive industry, we're seeing a lot of uh, push from the the digital disruptors that are really going to force the automotive industry to rethink both their digital core as well as how do they deal with their customers in a digital world. Um, there's been a lot of discussions this week around. You know the impacts of mobility and in various applications that that interact with the customer, and I think those that can take advantage of that are going to be are going to be able to uh, be more in the disruptor column and and deal with the disruption. Great, very very interesting. Quick comment. Predict? Oh, okay. Go ahead, Bill. No, only that uh, you know there's so many different ways to communicate with different um, between different players in an ecosystem when you have digital. Um, even some of the uh, machine language and artificial intelligence are going to promote that. Um, so it'll, it'll happen naturally, and it'll happen with greater frequency in the future. Thank you very much. And we are ready now for our final clip. Let's see if we can finish this off. And, Bill, I, you and I will do a quick thank you to everyone when we're done. We're going to hear now from Tracy Gaija, G-A-J-D-A, Detroit Manufacturing Systems. She's the IT manager. We're going to be talking about dashboard technology is changing, the car experience, and a little bit about the future of car ownership. Kevin, let's roll in, Tracy. 
So let me ask you a question. Assembling dashboards, is dashboard technology changing, Tracy? Or I, we, I talk to people about how the car will become an experience. It won't just be something you drive or you sit in the back seat and you're driven in. It will be an experience. So are dashboards changing? Can you give, give us a little clue there? Yes, they're definitely changing. I mean, the dashboard is what you sit, what you look at. Right now, you know, we started off with the radio. Now you're at a touch screen for GPS. Just about everything is controlled from your dashboards, your blinkers, your steering wheels, whatever. So when you go to your autonomous cars, I think the dashboard is going to be the huge, you know, the most important part of the car to make sure that, you know, you get in, you put in your directions, you go, and then you sit back and relax. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I think we all are. 2025. You want to give us a prediction, Tracy Guida, please, on what will be the most dramatic or exciting or impactful or even scary automotive game changer for the industry? Any any thoughts on that? I think it's going to be the autonomous cars. I think it's going to be close. When we see it every day now that it's getting closer and closer, I think that, you know, within three years, we are going to be the passengers of our cars. I think we're going to be able to sit back, relax, not have to worry about accidents, and just let the car drive to where we need to go, which I think will be a great thing. I mean, you know, for some people, they have commutes two to three hours, you know, a day to work, so they can actually leave a little bit earlier than they normally would and hold their business in their car while they let the car do the driving. Sounds good to me. By the way, I I don't know anything about you. We just met a few minutes ago, but are you still a car owner? And do you think at some point you may be part of the shared car, let's say, subscription uh, generation that's coming soon where it won't be multiple cars per household, it'll be multiple households per car? Tracy, what do you think? Oh, that's a touchy one. I think that I will. I am a car owner. I think I will always be a car owner. You know, I, I, I'm not patient. That's one thing about me. So if I want to get up and I want to go, I want to be able to get up and go. I don't want to have to wait for anybody. I'm with you. <laughs> Bill Newman, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining me. We had some good opportunities here to share the site, the th- insights, the thoughts of so many attendees. Bill, I want to thank you for helping set this up. Dave Parrish, who also worked with us. Dave, pick the clips, actually. Thank you, Dave Parrish. Dave Fowler has been listening on the line. Also uh, in our automotive group, Jim Davis. Thank you so much, Pradeep Amlati. Thank you all for inviting me to speak with the attendees. So many interesting people at this year's Best Practices for Automotive. Bill, one sentence. Close off. Go ahead. Quick. Uh, it's just been a pleasure to work with everybody this this uh, this year and you, Bonnie. I mean, it's a great program, and we look forward to having this program back again in 2018. We'll we sure back. will. And we, and we have to do RIP Larry Stoley, who started the show. I still cry. We miss him. Larry, you Zoomed off way too soon. How dare you? So let's just say thank you to Kevin and the Business Channel team. Look for more great information about automotive in 2018. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for right now. Here is my very appropriate call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Bill Newman and all the people you heard today on our Rollins from the Best Practices for Automotive. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Future of Cars with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.